0: Good morning, everybody. My name is Arisa, and I'm an alcoholic and a grateful member of Al-Anon. Welcome to our Traditions Study this morning. We are um, on Tradition 3. uh, We're reading it out of Paths to Recovery. Um, And just a quick reminder, I'm going to read Tradition 3, um, which states the references of Alcoholics Anonymous. Somebody needs muting. Um, uh, the relatives of Alcoholics Anonymous, when gathered together for mutual aid may call themselves an Al-Anon family group, provided that as a group, they have no other affiliation. The only requirement for membership is that there be a problem of alcoholism in a relative or friend. And in AA, it states that the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. But the long form, which is much more informative, says that our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover, nor ought AA membership ever depend upon money or conformity. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group, provided that as a group, they have no other affiliations. And we were partway through our reading um, last week. We are at I Knew I Belonged which I felt warm. I felt a warm feeling during my first Alateen meeting. I knew I belonged there. I was with people who knew what I was going through because they understood my feelings. I was so glad it didn't matter what clothes I was wearing, what school I went to, what grades I earned. I didn't even have to pay to, be, to belong like a club. Everyone accepted me and I felt very much a part of the group. All that was important was that my mom was an alcoholic. I could participate in Alateen because of that. I learned we all get together at our Alateen meetings to help each other live with people whose drinking bothers us. Our sponsors and the members of our group always remind us to share about how we are dealing with alcoholism. That way we can always welcome new members to our group. It is our primary purpose to help other teenagers of alcoholics. When I came to Al-Anon and found... Oh, sorry, second one. I can't always have my own way. When I came to Al-Anon and found the help I needed, I thought that everyone in the world needed Al-Anon. Then I learned several things. One was that when I try to make others fit into Al-Anon, I am being judgmental of them and their needs. Another thing I learned was that our uniqueness lies in our similarities. We relate to each other because we know where the other person is coming from. I learned that Al-Anon is not for those who need it, but for those who want it. I believe almost every alcoholic has an quote, and with the disease alcohol and gambling, alcohol and overeating, alcohol and drugs, or some other problems like wife abuse or other things. These side issues are different, but we relate through the disease of alcoholism and we keep the focus of our program on the effects of alcoholism in our lives. Tradition three has taught me the importance of establishing a purpose and sticking to that purpose instead of splintering into many different directions. As individuals, we can do whatever we feel helps us. But when we come to Al-Anon, we leave those other activities outside. Who can belong to Al-Anon? Anyone, feels that, anyone who feels that his or her life has been affected by alcoholism. It makes no difference how much or how often the drinker drank or what other side issues might be involved. If someone's life has been affected by the by the drinking of a friend or relative, then that person is eligible for Al-Anon. The Al-Anon program has worked in many people's lives. Uh, there are, and there are many imitators of the Al-Anon program. We do not need to incorporate these things into Al-Anon. It has already, been, it has already proven itself and doesn't need to be fixed. Accepting Al-Anon as it is helps me to accept myself where I am and to recognize that I have strengths and weaknesses. Learning to find the singleness of purpose in my Al-Anon fellowship has helped to teach me to find the singleness of purpose in other facets of my life. I have learned that I can't be all things to all people all of the time, that I must learn to have a balance. It has taught me that I can actually damage myself and others By trying to do things in which I have no expertise, I use our service manual as well as Al-Anon's 12 Steps and 12 Traditions to remind me of why we do what we do. As I restudied these materials, I was reminded of the importance of being a part of a group or a a family and learning that I don't need to try to fix the whole family or group. Studying Tradition 3 has helped me to learn to be a functioning member of a group. I can't always have my own way. I need to have consideration for others. Those in my family can have their own interests, and I don't have to be part of everything in their lives. This tradition reminds me of the slogan, live and let live. So what I wanted to really focus on today is um, really that so often what we're talking about um, here is, you know, it's about everything, all of our traditions are all about mutual aid and respect, mutual um, uh, support, cooperation, all of those things. It's give and it's take. That's what Al-Anon really focuses on. And that in order to develop, uh, we need those things in order to develop trust, to develop acceptance, to develop love, right? And I can do that in any setting. And it's easier when I find what my primary purpose really is, right, and it, it's not always the same. In my family, my primary purpose is different than at my home group or wherever it is. Like there's a, I have a primary purpose at work. Right. And so if my goal is always mutual aid at work, everybody needs to benefit. I need to be a participating member of a team. We are interdependent upon each other. Right. Again, mutual cooperation, mutual respect, mutual trust. Right in order to develop those qualities in other people, right? So I get to apply singleness of purpose everywhere in my life. When I remember who I am and what that um, primary purpose is in this relationship that I'm currently engaged in, I'm in the moment, then I start walking shoulder to shoulder with you a lot more easily because we have one common denominator. We have one common denominator when I remember that, okay? So we may disagree, but when I'm sitting in a business meeting or I'm sitting in a, you know, family talk or whatever, we all have the same goal eventually, right? It's to how to best love the family, how to best take care of my home group, how to best succeed, you know, how help our company succeed, whatever that is. So I need to find that common denominator. And based on that, I can start to hear what you're saying from a different place. You know, in our 12 and in the AA 12 and 12, it says that fear is the true basis of intolerance. So when I start feeling, you know, this resistance because you say something, right, what's going on inside of me? Can I get back to what are they right about? How do I open my heart back up again? Right. Um, It's, it's, I don't need to make you fit into my idea of the way the world needs to be. Um, Also in our 12 and 12, it says, uh, who dared to be judge, jury, and executioner of his own sick brother? That's the other thing that when I walk with this idea that I think things are supposed to be a certain way and therefore you're wrong well, what if that's not necessarily true? I don't want to sit in judgment of anyone. I like to talk a lot about the difference between being an advocate and a proponent. And the word proponent sounds a lot like another word. Pro means positive, but it's basically to fight for. It's to fight for. And the spiritual principle is to cease fighting anything or anyone. And to advocate is to speak for. There's no opposition. So can I learn to advocate instead of to fight. It's not to say that we shouldn't have a voice and we shouldn't fully participate. It's actually the opposite, that I just wanna make sure that the way I'm participating also encourages your right of participation concept four, right, because I can't always have my own way. And it's not my job to make sure that everybody is comfortable all of the time, right? And, And your problem is not necessarily my responsibility. You know, you may not like the way things go and you get to deal with that too. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't voice my opinion, which sometimes, you know, people have said to me, it's like, you know, when whenever you talk, everybody goes along. Well, does that mean I shouldn't have a, a, an opinion? No, no, it doesn't. That's, that's, that's not part of, part of the deal. Um, down at the end of, uh, this, this reading that we just did, it says, I can't be all things to all people, um that I must learn to have balance. It has taught me that I can actually damage myself and others by trying to do things in which I have no expertise. Again, you know, that right of participation, concept three, says that you know, within my job description, I get to go off and do certain things. But it also, the right of participation comes with the responsibility of asking for help and guidance when I don't have the expertise. So all of our our traditions are really where our concepts grew up from. And that's why I'm always saying, like, if the traditions are about unity, right? And the concepts are about service, but it's in service that we create unity. And so they, they are interdependent. And we can see even, you know, again, um, uh, you know the the steps interwoven into this tradition too, where I need to make sure that I'm not assuming I know what you're thinking. I'm not assuming malice and giving you the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm making sure that my self esteem and all of my um, third column attributes are being taken care of by God, so that I'm not reactive and assuming malice from you. And and when I go back to this. Um, idea of singleness of purpose, right? um, That this common denominator, that's what I need in any situation. I need to be walking shoulder to shoulder with you, that nobody is above or below. I want to get off that life on a ladder where I'm better than you, you're worse than me, you're better than me, all of these things, right? Where my mind will shift back and forth, right? And so when we look at this concept, I mean this tradition, the short form really sells it too short, I think. You know, when we say the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking, it's so much more than that. This is, you know, boiled down to you know the the little bitty nugget, but when it says ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism, big difference that this is not meant to be a hurdle that somebody has to jump. It is meant to be inclusive. It is meant to keep the door open. The story from the 12 and 12 was actually referring to a, a, a person who was a cross-dresser, who you know, they were so disturbed by at the time, right? And they they didn't throw the person out. This person wanted to get sober. And as long as they wanted to get sober, they, were, they, they decided they needed to keep welcoming them in. And, you know, that that, that's a big premise of Alcoholics Anonymous. It doesn't matter what other things we may have in common. When I am with you, I need a singleness of purpose. If I am with my family, I need a singleness of purpose. When I am at at my job, I need a singleness of purpose. If I can stay clear on that, then we're going to have a lot less problems. You know, we were talking in my home group about something that, you know, is a a kind of a fairly political issue right and people had strong feelings about it and i got to be the one who you know spoke up and said you know but this has nothing to do with a.a it is an outside issue you know we can't be dealing with with outside issues or else we will go the way of the washingtonians you know who stood up for some wonderful things like slavery you know ending slavery not to say that those other things aren't valid and important, but we don't do them as members of Alcoholics Anonymous, that we can join other fellowships to, to support things we truly believe in. And I encourage people to do that all the time. But that when I am in AA or in Al-Anon, I want to make sure that I don't see you as anything other than a member of this program and that we are here for one reason and one reason only, right? To to recover from alcoholism, whether as a family member or as an alcoholic. That the, the the impact of alcoholism that alcoholism has had on me will keep it will keep me in a place where I can't have it, I can't be of help to anybody else if I don't have recovery in this area. So that's where first things first comes from. Right. First things first. If I don't do this, I have nothing to offer anyone else. And outside of that, without an association to my 12-step program, I can talk to you about those things one-on-one. But I want to make sure that I don't do anything within the rooms that will keep you from having the recovery you need. Right. That it's one of the reasons that personally, because I do do so much in you know the program, I don't talk about any of my political affiliations of any sort. You know, I'm very anonymous about all of those things. Frankly, I'm anonymous with my children. They don't know who you know I vote for. And I grew up in a house where my dad worked on both Obama campaigns and my stepdad was a Republican in the Arkansas state legislature. You know, you can't get much more you know, yin and yang than that. And, and I get to sit in the middle of the, of the dinner table and find a common denominator. This is not about politics when I'm there. How do I find a way to be a loving family member in that kind of a setting? that's how I practice this principle, this tradition in all of my affairs, that I can still love both of these people who can be completely, I mean, my dad drove around when Bush was elected, you know, with a big sign on his his car that said Bushwhacked, you know, and when I say big, I mean, like five feet, you know, <laughs> big, you know, like, and like, complete polar opposites. And how do I, you know, be me? and not have any, you know, not be the bone of contention anywhere, and not tell anyone that they need to be doing something different? How do I have that space for them without losing me? Without losing me is the big, big question, right? This above all to thine own self be true, that I get to have a voice and, you know, and, and not be contentious at the same time. I get to speak for and not fight for and that principle has really worked for me. Um, so we have a little bit of time. Would anybody like to share? Do you have any questions as we wrap up on Tradition 3? No, we're quiet this morning? It's so unusual. Give it another moment. I mean, I can always keep talking, but anybody here have anything they want to share? No? No. Okay, then I guess what we're going to do is we're going to stop early because what I don't want to do is get like you know two minutes into the next uh, tradition. So next week we will be um, starting tradition four, out of paths to recovery, because we did last week we did um, I mean no two weeks ago we did um, reaching for personal freedom tradition three. So we'll be in tradition four, out of paths to recovery next week, um, and I hope we'll we'll see you all then. Um, You can go ahead and stop this recording, Jeff.